and during some of the toughest times, I have a little piece of paper in my wallet that I keep all the time, even to this moment, uh, of different things that I that mean to me, different sayings that mean a lot to me, uh, things that I strive for, recognizing my responsibility to give back. Reoccurring mantra I got into in college where I would just say, I'm going to break the mold. Two days after my second injury, my dad flew out to Indiana and we drove home. Went right up to my room, slept for a day, and then I woke up the next morning, I spray painted my wall. No quitting me. I remember, you know, there is no quitting me and I won't, you know, I won't give up. The number one thing you gotta remember is your transferring energy. And whatever energy you got is the energy the viewers are gonna have. You are listening to Intentional Performers with Brian Levinson, where we talk with experts of craft about their journey and what they have intentionally done to be their best self. As we talk with them, the hope is that we uncover intentional gems that you can use in your life. Now, let's kick it over to Brian to introduce this week's guest. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Intentional Performers Podcast. I'm Brian Levinson. If you're new here, welcome. I work as an executive coach where I get to work with all kinds of executives at, at the C-suite level and, and even some at a, the director level in real estate and finance and nonprofit. Uh, I've worked with some incredible people as a coach. And then I also work with athletes on the mental side of performance and get to work with great teams and elite teams in sports. And so I love what I do for a living. And this podcast has really become a labor of love. And uh, given that tomorrow is Thanksgiving, I just wanted to come on here and let you all know that I'm extremely grateful for all of you uh, for listening to these conversations. And it, it really just fulfills me and fills me up when I hear from you that you enjoyed a conversation that I had with a guest and that you took something from that conversation and have applied it to your life. So thank you all for being here. Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday of the year. I always love to spend time thinking about what I'm grateful for, but especially on Thanksgiving. And I always go to my Aunt Wendy's house, shout out to Aunt Wendy. And we often go around the room and talk about what we're grateful for. She actually often points out all the, th- all the things that she's grateful for. So um, Thanksgiving, we play football, we eat great food, and it's just a great time to be and to be where your feet are. And when I'm playing football, I, I talk some trash and, and like to compete with my cousin. And I, I love to just be. And I think there's something beautiful about the holidays where it's not as much about becoming and it's more just about being. And when we be, we then can become. And what I mean by that is when we spend time being and really thinking about how we're showing up in the present moment, then we can create space for ourselves to become more and to think about the next year. And so 2020 is right around the corner. It sounds weird and I'm laughing as I say 2020 because it is, uh, it's just a big number. And uh, I think for all of us, for many of us, we grew up as kids and thought about the number 2020 and how far away that seemed. And to think that it's about a month away is kind of surreal. 
But as you think about 2020, I think a big question that we all are looking to answer is how do we show up? And how do we show up present? How do we show up with that being approach? But also how do we think about the future and, and the vision that we have for ourselves and the life that we have for ourselves? And how can we use the new year to reset? And a lot of my clients talk about resetting and I think it's a, a cool idea. And certainly we can use the new year to reset. We can use months, weeks, days to reset. But I think it's good for us always to check in and see what are we grateful for and then what do we want? And so that is a question that I'm going to talk about a bit today. So when I interview intentional performers, I'm always blown away about their ability to communicate verbally, non-verbally, by asking questions, by listening. Communication has many facets. And so today what I thought I would do is rather than interview somebody, I would share some of the tips and ideas and concepts and constructs that have helped me become a better communicator. And certainly I'm not a master of communication and I'm always trying to improve in that regard. But I'm just going to share some of the ideas and concepts that have helped guide me become a better intentional performer. And these are things that I also notice when I work with elite athletes or elite executives or for many of the people that I interview on this podcast. So where I wanted to start was actually on listening. And listening is something that we hear a lot about if we're listening. And oftentimes we are told that great leaders are great listeners. And uh, there's a saying, if you're, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. And that if you want to be really smart, you have to become a great listener. So I want to talk to you about active listening. And some of you may be aware of what active listening is, but there are three levels of listening according to active listening. Level one is when we listen to hear how things impact us. So it's really like cocktail party listening, right? You tell someone what they're doing and then we listen to just respond and we just tell them, oh, well, you told a story, now I'll tell a story. And that listening is fine. It might be appropriate given given where you're at or what you're doing. Um, but when you really become a great listener, it's more than just that level one listening about how it impacts us. Level two is when we're just focused on the speaker. So we are listening and we are asking questions and we are curious and we are completely focused on them and not really focused on us. And that can get us more information. It, it stems from a place of curiosity and it allows us to, to gather data, to gather information. And so level two listening is a step up uh, if we're trying to acquire knowledge. And then active listening is when we are tuned and we are inquiring. We are noticing, we are observing, we're asking for clarification. And so active listening also notices body language, tone. Um, we're not just listening, but we're listening to the body. We're listening to what might be underneath the thing that they're talking about. And so active listening is something that I try to practice when I'm recording these podcasts. I think it's really important to try to understand what's underneath somebody's answers. And I often get asked, how I prepare for these interviews. And I often have four or five questions that I know I want to ask the person. But to be honest, most of the time when I'm doing these podcast conversations, I'm just actively listening. I'm attuned. I'm inquiring. I'm noticing. I'm observing. And I'm always asking them to clarify, hey, what do you mean by that? Or, or why did you do that? And what I've found in, in this process, and I've been doing this for about three years now, is that my prepackaged questions will get prepackaged answers. And so if I ask a question based on all the research I do via Google or a bio that they send me or a book that they wrote, there's only so many questions that I can gather from that. And most of those questions, they've been asked before because we get asked questions based on the data that we have. But if you are actively listening, you may ask them a question that they haven't thought of before. 
And those are my favorite questions because those are the questions that will help us discover something new about that person and hopefully help them understand something new about themselves. So a lot of my favorite interviews have been when people stop talking and we stop recording and then they say, gosh, I've never been asked some of those questions before. And for me, that's the whole idea of the podcast is to try to get to a place where somebody is explaining information that perhaps is new to them right then and there. And of course, we want to know their journey and their expertise. But for me, what I'm most interested in is when they start thinking while we're recording and their genius is spilling out of them. And we all have this inner genius and sometimes we don't spill it out. We keep it in. And maybe we lock it up in, you know, a closet and, and we seal it up and we only share it with ourselves. And I think it's up to all of us to explore that side of us. And so hopefully the Intentional Performers podcast is doing that for you. So active listening is something that I, I love to think about and I am intentional about as I take on these podcasts. The other thing that I love within communication is something called the three A's. So the three A's are assumptions, assessments, and assertions. So assumptions are simply a thing that is accepted as true or as certain to happen without any proof. We all make them. Perhaps you heard of the old saying, ass out of you and me, assume ass you me. Quick little joke for you. And it really is true that a lot of times when we assume, we think that something is true, but it doesn't really have any data to support that and there's no proof. And so as a coach, I'm often trying to get people away from assumptions because we all carry assumptions. And when we have assumptions, we just don't have any data to back that up to be true. It might be something that we think, but it isn't necessarily based on truth. So assumptions are something also in the podcast that I try to get people away from so that they can really give me the truth. A step up from assumptions are assessments. So assessments convey feelings, judgments. They may be grounded or ungrounded, but it's usually what we believe. Uh, it's, a, it's what we think or what we believe to be true. But it's not necessarily grounded or it's not necessarily ungrounded. We're sim- simply assessing someone. So a lot of the questions that I'll ask are me assessing and me thinking, oh, well, it sounds like this or it sounds like that. But then I'm asking them for clarification. And that's part of the active listening process that I mentioned earlier. So assessments are just a great way to try to convey feelings. Um, but it's also judging and it's judgmental. And so when you take on a judgment, there are consequences that come with that. And if you are judging somebody and assessing them, you better have a relationship with them to be open and honest and explore that judgment. And there's nothing wrong. We all have judgments. We all assess people. We assess things on a daily moment to moment basis all the time. But the ability to clarify those assessments is really, really key. And that clarification is what leads to assertions. And assertions are empirically verified to be true or false. These are truths. And I think if I could identify what I'm most passionate about, it's trying to find truths, people's truths, uh, research. I love looking at research to try to uncover and discover truths. I think we all hold truths inside of us. And for me, when I am going through this exploration and interviewing people, I'm seeking their truth and I'm trying to find out what is true to them or what they've seen to become true. So I love this idea of searching for assertions and noticing when we are in the assumption place. And perhaps when we feel like we are being um, in that assumption stage, we take a step to assess And then from an assessment, we can get to an assertion. So I love the three A's. I love that idea of just exploring for assertions. And I think it's something that we all often make a mistake and forget to move toward assertions and away from assessments. 
lastly, what I want to sort of share with you is around questions. And I think questions, man, as I get older and older, I value great questions more and more. And I think I, I, I don't think, I, I know it's, it's my truth. Uh, I would assert it to be true that uh, I grew up thinking that I knew everything and still probably have a lot of that inside of me. And what I'm trying to shift currently is this idea of sort of being a know-it-all and shifting from a know-it-all to a learn-it-all. And can I constantly hold back my desire to prove that I know something? And, you know, I grew up in a competitive house. I've got two brothers. Uh, they're, they're great. I've got uh, a dad. We used to play two-on-two soccer all the time, basketball, football, you name it. My mom is a strong, independent woman. I grew up in a house where people knew things. And if you knew something, you should speak up and, and speak your mind. And so that was how I was raised. And I think that's beautiful and really helpful and something that has helped me in my career. Um, but there's always risks that come with that. And so if you get my brothers in a room, uh, the arguments are, are pretty often a part of the conversation and uh, bickering and going back and forth and, and sort of proving yourself to be right are, are, are really a piece to our puzzle. And I think all of us don't really lack for confidence too often. And part of my ability to do this podcast is stems from that. Um, and as I continue to get older, I have just found a tremendous value in asking great, great questions and the idea that maybe I don't need to know it. Um, and that's okay. And that's actually how I'll grow and I'll learn. And so I've tried to shift and I'm sure my friends and family will call me on this as they listen to this podcast, but I've tried to shift away from knowing it all to learning it all and approaching people and things with that active listening approach to notice, to observe, and to inquire. And when I do that, I gain more information, I gain more knowledge, and I become stronger, and I become more confident. And so for me, it's a, it's a massive shift that I'm making, and I hope to continue to make as I think about 2020, which is when I'm in conversation with people, really mine for data, for information, for gold. And we all have gems that we can share. And if I've learned nothing from this podcast, it is man, those gems come from all kinds of different people that are doing all kinds of different things in this world. That's why I like interviewing diverse people. And so how can I ask the great questions to try to get the great information? So I'm going to share some of my favorite questions. And I've been hired before by professional sports teams to interview players uh, for the draft. And so I've put together a long list of questions that I ask at the combine. I'll share some of those with you today. And then I'm constantly adding questions to my list so that I, you know, have that database and those questions to go to. And uh, just today I was working with a CEO of a company and I asked him this question, what are the systems that you can put into place so that you can love what you do every day? And when I asked him that question, he sort of paused and said, can you say that again? And then he wrote it down and then he said, hey, can you email that to me? So I've got it at the top of my email uh, inbox. And so I did that. And so I love that question, which is, you know, what are the systems that you're putting into place so that you can love what you do every day? And a lot of times we don't think about systems allowing us to unlock our ability, but they really can. And then also that second part of the question, which is to love what you do every day. I mean, we all have limited time here on earth and it's important that you love what you do every day. So uh, those systems could occur at the office, away from the office, at home. 
but I think we all need systems to help us function. Other great questions that I love to ask is how do you fight fear? We all are fearful. Uh, What ways do you fight fear? Uh, What do you think about when your mind wanders? Again, my mind wanders all the time. Uh, Where does it go? Where does it live? Uh, What are you most passionate about often is where your mind will wander. So taking note and noticing and observing where your mind wanders is huge. Uh, Why do you do what you do? You will hear me in the podcast often just asking why. And why gets a bad rap because a lot of times people think that why is something that will lead to somebody being more defensive. When we ask why, a lot of counseling programs and people in communications will say, hey, use what words instead of why words. But for me, you'll often hear me just say, oh, why? I don't even have to ask anything else. I can just ask why. And I think when you ask why, you get to purpose. You get to understand the motivation or purpose behind why someone does what they do. And a lot of times we're afraid to ask those questions. So why questions for me are are essential. And I, I understand that a what question can be softer. But for me, the why questions are often, they get right to the point and I can literally just ask why and it's efficient. So I love just asking why. Um, The other question that's a really cool question is around watershed moments. So was there a defining moment that greatly shaped your life? And was there a watershed moment that shifted how you saw the world? I've thought a lot about that for myself and talked a lot about that with others And for me, there's definitely a watershed moment in my career where I had lunch with my mentor, Julie Ellian, and she was on this podcast. And uh, that day changed the trajectory of my life. And certainly having kids and getting married have been watershed moments as well. But I think I think about those moments a lot, whereas I don't always remember how grateful I am to have Julie uh, introduce me to the world of sports psychology and introduce me to a world that I didn't know existed and a world of possibility as far as my career goes. So that sort of watershed moment is a, is a great question. You will often hear me say, Hey, what, what gets in the way for you or what holds you back? And I think that's another great question is what gets in the way? Um, and, and just really getting clear on, Hey, what do you need to do to move forward? Uh, similarly, what's meaningful about this? Like what's meaningful about, um, your situation and, uh, meaning is such a massive, thing that is so different for so many different people. And I often go into that why, purpose, meaning, place, because I'm shocked at the answer. It's often different than what I had expected. Um, I love the idea of looking back or looking forward. So um, what would your 16-year-old self say? Or it's 10 years from now, you know, what are you doing? And getting into the vision. And I think that's a question that can really help spark you to think forward or to leverage your younger self to have perspective on where you're at now. Many of us lose track of our our inner child and our inner child is smart. (laughs) They're just not as developed or as experienced, but many of us can find value in tapping into the future, tapping into the past. Um, What makes you happy? What inspires you? What are you desperate for? These are questions that just get to the heart of, you know, how you want to show up and and what matters to you. And so I love those questions. Uh, Who do you serve or who are you in service to? I think we're all here on this planet to be in service to something. And it's important to notice who we are in service to. Uh, What did you learn in your last year? This is a great time of year to ask yourself, what did you learn? 
uh, in the last year and, and take note and, and to reflect on it. What'd you learn about yourself? What'd you learn about your situation or your profession or whatever it is you're up to? Uh, what is your role? What's your role on the team that you're on? We all are operating within teams. Even myself, I you know work for myself and by myself and I still play a role. And whenever I go and do workshops, I play a role. Or uh, if I have one-on-one clients, uh, I play a role. Um, so I think that's a, a big thing to think about. Uh, and then uh, two, two last questions that I'll leave you with, which is what do you look like when you're at your best? And what do you look like when you're at your worst? And I think it's up to all of us to connect with our bright side and what we look like when we're at our best and our dark side and what we look like when we're at our worst. And when we get clear on those, it really can help us figure ourselves out better so that we can be more consistent and show up as our best more often and manage ourselves when we are at our worst. And certainly I'm somebody who um, I have emotion and uh, at times can be emotional. And so as I think about 2020, that's another thing I'm working on is, um, as I said earlier, not being a know-it-all, but being a learn-it-all. And then also really getting clear on managing my dark side and knowing that when I'm hungry or when I'm tired or I'm stressed or I'm complacent or I'm bored, how do I manage the things that tend to pop up and tend to show up and tend to get in the way of me getting to where I want to go? And so for me, I was I remember my brother saying to me when I was little, hey, you're so sensitive. And I think I've always been sensitive. And that helps me at times with my work because I can be sensitive for people and, and be vulnerable and I'm comfortable in that space. Um, but it also can hold me back and it can get in the way of me um, really serving the people that I'm wanting to serve and, and serving myself as well. So I hope this is helpful for you. Uh, a couple of takeaways. And if you want to take notes and you know steal these questions, I don't own these questions. Feel free to, to run with them uh, and maybe even answer these questions that I, that I provided to you. So remember the three A's, uh, assumptions, assessments, assertions. Remember the power of active listening and how you can be a great listener. And then remember to ask great questions. And if you have great questions that you didn't hear, and I've got another hundred of them, but I'm always looking for more. Back to that idea of learning. Uh, if you've got a great question that you didn't hear that you find is really helpful in your life, please shoot me a note. Uh, maybe hit me up on Twitter at Brian Levinson. I've also been active on LinkedIn, uh, Brian Levinson there as well. Shoot me a message. Uh, I'm always looking to learn. And I think that's really at the core of what I'm trying to continue to do with this podcast is it's every week is an opportunity for me to learn. And I hope you are learning as well. Uh, if you enjoyed this conversation or any of our past conversations, we'd be really grateful if you went over to uh, iTunes and wrote us a review. If you shared these conversations on social media, if you liked today's conversation, um, please, please share it on, on social. It really is amazing how social media can expand the reach of content. It's just unreal. And the last thing I'll say is happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy some time with friends or family, or if you're by yourself, enjoy that. Uh, I, I, once again, every year I try to pause and take time to really reflect on what I'm grateful for. And we all have that ability. So if nothing else, shoot a text, make a phone call, tell somebody in your family or, or a friend that you're grateful that they're in your life. And I think Thanksgiving is just a wonderful reminder that we all have meant much to be thankful for and much to be grateful for. So uh, thank you so much for listening. And I'll be back next week with an amazing guest. Take care.